This is one of Deep State Radio's briefs and debriefs. Hello and welcome to another of Deep State Radio's one-on-one dives into an issue of importance. We are here with our friend and colleague, David Sanger. And what I want to talk to you about, David, is that today um, there were a number of indictments coming out of the Justice Department, but also some news coming out of Holland regarding the GRU. And and this was not um, Mueller-related, although it overlapped a little bit with the Mueller uh, investigation, since I think three of the people who were indicted were also indicted earlier on in the Mueller investigation. And, you know, you're the world's leading expert on this stuff. So maybe we could start by you explaining why you think this is significant. Well, what's interesting here, David, is that we've seen three uh, different governments, the U.S., the British and, and the Dutch, combine up in a sort of coordinated campaign to both expose Russian activity and agents operating around the world, and, and to make it clear that their targets went far beyond the Democratic National uh, Committee. Um, they, in fact, went after any group that was investigating or exposing Russian malfeasance around the world uh, or that were challenging um, Vladimir Putin. So, for example, they released photographs of Russian agents who had gotten caught by the Dutch as they were trying to tap into the computer systems from a parking lot across the street. I, th- uh, I, I thought you were going to say they released photographs from your personal cell phone, which... No, no, they, they didn't do that, fortunately. I'm sure that's next. Um, uh, but <laughs> we're, we're, photo- we're, we're all waiting. I'm sure. Um, these were photographs of agents who had stacked up a rental car with uh, equipment that would beam into a foreign computer system. In this case, the foreign computer system that uh, belonged to the um, uh, the organization that looks after chemical weapons attacks. So uh, so that was um, one. Uh, there was, the American indictment went after uh, Russian agents who had gone into Westinghouse computer systems. Westinghouse supply, of course, a supplier of nuclear technology, including to Ukraine, had gone to the anti-doping agency in Colorado Springs, the American one, and the International Anti-Doping Agency, all of which, of course, were looking at uh, Russian doping violations in the Olympics. So what this tells you is as soon as somebody accuses the Russians of doing anything, what happens next is that um, that this turnaround takes place in which the GRU, or what was formerly known as the GRU, the former Russian military intelligence unit, sends out its unit of of hackers to go after the accusers. Um, Some of the most interesting stuff was actually going after the investigators who were looking at the downing of that Malaysian airliner that was shot down over Ukraine. And do, do you think that in doing this, we should say, ah, they've really got their arms around it, or ah, by the fact that they're they did these several things, what was really underway was much, much bigger. And that we're only picking, you know, these are only just a few examples. I'm sure they're picking a few examples, first of all, they have, and secondly, they feel they can reveal 
without revealing sources and methods. And, you know, intelligence agencies are, are get nervous about this. Although a lot of the material apparently didn't come just from intelligence agencies, but came, uh, came from elsewhere. But what's really interesting about this is it works on the assumption that you can shame Vladimir Putin. In other words, that, that exposing this would make Putin think twice about doing it again. And there's no evidence that that proposition is correct. I mean, he was exposed in the DNC case, hasn't seemed to have slowed him down in almost anything else. Uh, he may be somewhat unembarrassable and maybe feels that every time the Russians get into a foreign system, it just proves that they can get into pretty much anything they want. It might be an interesting contest, right? Who's less shameable, Vladimir Putin or Donald Trump? That would be a good that would be a good contest. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you you have a, the makings there of like a deep state radio poll. And, well, you and, guys, I have to say, you guys really did a number on on Trump this week, and it didn't seem to have any effect on him at all. No, you said, was, you know, it was it's a just, year and a half long investigation with photographs of his tax returns and and uh, the, you know the tax returns of his father, and what it resulted in was a White House statement accusing the New York Times of impugning the blessed memory of his parents. And and they said it was boring. But but I yes. you know I, People I think have said that by the way about my stories though for many, many years, long before Donald Trump came along. Yeah, it's almost a qualification. In fact, you said time. it a few times about my I've stories. I've never said I've never <laughs> ever said that. Well let me let me put this in a little bit of context. I know we only have a you know a couple minutes here for the, but that's the you know idea behind these one on ones. But um at the same time as this was all happening across town, you had the vice president of the United States standing up and saying, the real problem is the Chinese. And the Chinese don't like Donald Trump. And the Chinese are trying to undermine the election. Um, and, and that's where we really ought to be looking. And of course, this is you know, it resonates on several levels, one of which is that this has been a bad week for the U.S.-China relationship with a problem in the South China Sea and with um, Mattis canceling his uh -huh. meetings over there and uh, a ratcheting up of, of, of talk around uh, uh, the uh, China trade wars, including one I heard this morning at the Washington Economic Club from Larry Kudlow, the president's top economic advisor, saying we're going after China. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is to distract from what the Russians are doing. But I guess the question that I have for you as the expert on this is, is there any evidence that the Chinese are doing this? Not a lot of evidence that they are doing anything that we haven't seen them do before. As the president said in uh, at the UN uh, when he first made this charge uh, last week, you know, he, he cited newspaper uh, inserts, you know, the China Daily newspaper inserts, which he pointed to, I think, in a in a Des Moines newspaper. Well, we've seen these um, China Daily inserts for a decade in lots of different newspapers, including the Washington Post. Uh, and they're, they're pretty clunky. I don't think they count for much. That doesn't mean the, the Chinese aren't doing hacking. There's a long, detailed uh, article which has been um, uh, disputed by a number of computer manufacturers today, including Apple, uh, that's in Business Week that looks at whether or not the Chinese have implanted either hardware or software 
in motherboards of computers and phones and other machinery for them more than a decade. And it's an interesting charge, not the first time it's been it's been made. And whether Business Week got it right or wrong, there's certainly a big vulnerability there. But what's interesting is on the day that the Justice Department is building the case against Russia, the vice president was going after China with what seemed to me to be a significantly weaker case. Well, particularly since the day before the vice president did it, the Secretary of Homeland Security said that China was not actually a problem, and that when the vice president enumerated the problem to the extent to which he did, one of the things that he did was he said, well, the Chinese are tar- targeting election states with their with their trade um, right. uh, penalties for the U.S. Trying, As if we don't. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, and, and trying to make it seem as though the Chinese retaliation for the Trump tariffs was actually election meddling. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, you, you want to hurt a country politically to, to, on, on the tariff issues. You put tariffs on things that uh, are near and dear to the political powers that be. And that's just what they're doing. Well, I guess the only last question I've got is that I see the Russia story and the China story, and I assume that means that The Perfect Weapon, your fantastic book about this subject, is selling extremely well and that everybody in America who could possibly want a copy of this book has already bought a copy. I, you know, I I suspect there are probably some copies around for those few who, you know, may not have heard about it or may not know about it or whatever. It's it's doing fine. But, you know, what it does remind you is this is the perpetual topic and it's a perpetual topic because all of these activities we're discussing, the Russian activities. Uh, that got, were the subject of the indictments and the exposure today, uh, the Chinese activities, whether you believe Mike Pence or not, are all part of this sort of short-of-war campaign where countries are figuring out ways to go influence and undercut each other without actually using military force. And on the one hand, that's a good thing. It would be worse if they were using military force. On the other hand, the indictments give you a sense of how much we're struggling for a way to go answer what constitutes real deterrence in this territory. Right, and it's war with war without end. You, you do know. You probably noticed that the world's most important book club, the Deep State Book Club, picked your book as its next book. I was deeply honored by this, and so I'm assuming that the only reason they picked that one first is that you've written so many different books about the National Security Council over the years that they couldn't pick one out of the out of the collection. That's a possibility. Uh, I, I am fairly certain, however, that they didn't consider any of them. Um, In any event, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on for this. Hopefully we'll see you back on the pod very shortly. Oh, be soon. uh, But uh, um, uh, we appreciate the insights, and uh, I'm sure you're off to another big book event, so good luck with that. Thanks very much. Deep State Radio is a production of the Deep State Radio Network, a division of TRG Interactive Media. Our podcast today was produced in cooperation with Goat Rodeo Productions and was supervised by Ian Enright. Join us again for another episode of Deep State Radio. If you don't, we know where to find you.